All right. Man, thanks for worshiping with us. Jay, Cole, Carly, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here. Um, man, we, we uh, what, what weird times, right? But uh, we were supposed to actually be in week three of our uh, series on identity, you know, the kind of I am blank. And so we're kind of, we're going to kind of stick with the, the theme, but maybe take it from a little different perspective. And so I wanted to bring Mary Ashton, our women's director here on stage, and obviously Jay as well, because I think having a little conversation around this idea might be better than us just preaching at you. We want to have a little discussion, but I think what we also want to do is encourage you, um, direct our thoughts so that they are hopeful and not uh, kind of filled with despair and, and worry, because uh, that's not our way as Christians. Is, is worry is not our way, because worry is simply just saying, I don't, God, I don't trust you. Uh, and so what I kind of want to do is just kind of real quick, just kind of share maybe a little bit from our personal experience. We've seen each other for the first time today in like over a week probably, and we just got to share a little bit. And so I'll, I'll just start real quick. So kind of if I was to, to fill out that phrase, I am, I think what I would say is I am exposed. Not to the virus, I don't think. Um, but I feel like this, what the last week has done for me is kind of exposed some things that I didn't really know were there. Um, specifically, I thought of like Matthew chapter seven, um, you know, build your house on a rock, not on the sand. And so I think what I've started to realize is like, I, I lean a lot on my routine and my schedule and my freedom to go and leave and come back whenever I want. Um, some of the, all those things that kind of been in doubt, I think those have kind of shaped a little bit this week for me. I wouldn't even maybe say it's fear. Um, I think the word for me would be uneasy. It's felt unsettled and uneasy um, as I kind of think about what is, my, what is my life, my house built on. And so I feel like maybe this has exposed a little bit uh, inside of me of like maybe, maybe I got like three corners of my house on the rock, but maybe there's a corner of my house that's on the, 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 the shifting sand um, of things that I, don't, I can't control, that maybe I thought, hey, I got no problem staying at home for a couple weeks. I got no problem not going to work and working from home. I got no problem not going here, there, wherever. So I think if I were to fill that out, I would say I, I feel a little exposed, I think. What, Mary Ashton, what about you? Yeah, I would say um, similarly, I have felt, um, I think we all, if y'all are anything like me, I'm just feeling something different every single day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like every hour of every day, it's this whole new rush of feelings every time you get more information or you hear from a friend or a family member or whatever it is, it's like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And just this feeling of, for me, it's been like, I am not in control um, of anything, actually. Um, and all the things I thought I was in control of two weeks ago, it was an illusion. Um, and then the reality is yeah. that I just don't have a lot of control um, over this life and the things that happen. Um, and it really came into focus for me um, a few days ago when my mom got sick. Shout out, mom, if you're watching this. I think you are. <laughs> um, but she got sick, and me and my older brother started freaking out. We were like, what are we gonna do? Do we go home? How do we help her? <laughs> we started freaking out. Yeah. If you've seen that um, meme on Instagram, it's like millennials aren't out just like having a party. They're at home with their anxiety issues, watching Hulu and yelling at their parents to stay inside. <laughs> and that what, what's was a meme? A meme? It's one of those little, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I'm on the elder um, side of millennials. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it was this moment of where we were like kind of panicking and she doesn't know that. Now you know that. Um, but this moment of when I was like, wow, like this thing is real and this virus is affecting not just 
the nation and the world, but like us and our people. And, um, and that's a big deal. So um, I think for me, it has kind of turned into this like battlefield of my mind. Um, I quote, 2 Corinthians 10.5, a lot. Um, I used it two weeks ago in a talk on identity. Um, and it just says that we are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I feel like God has just been like, okay, you know that truth in your head. Um, but now it's time to like live that out. Like every single time one of those thoughts comes into my head that produces anxiety or fear or worry or just uneasiness or discomfort taking it captive, and that has been challenging. How, how have you like practically dealt with that? Yeah, so I think for me, um, I, whenever I am stewing and I'm on like the spiral of doom in my head of where I found myself a lot in the last week of, oh my gosh, what if we're in our houses for eight years or something, like just these worst case scenario <laughs> thoughts, <laughs> and they creep into my brain, like I just can't sit there. I literally, for me, this, it's this sense of standing up and going outside and going for a walk, even if it's raining, like I went for a walk in the rain the other day just because I have to move and as I walk, it's like, okay God, that thought raised up against you is not true and I gotta take it captive right here, right now and just walking and processing and something about us being these holistic creatures, when I move my body just a little bit, just a walk, um, it helps me process through what is crazy in my brain and what is actually true and filtering that through God's word of what is true, what is holy, what is right, that yeah. verse that calls us to think on those things, yeah. so. Jay, how about you, man? What, how, what's your experience been? Yeah, I am afraid to cough. I mean, <laughs> I mean that's definitely been my first thought because I just have bad allergies and all that. Like, I'm good. I just, I was, you know, this was months ago and it's just carrying over. And now I'm afraid, like, every time I cough, somebody's like, like this dude's We are, like, absolutely. Yeah, I'm just, so we're good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, but on a, on a serious note, I really, I think, um, I, I was telling you guys earlier, I, I've been feeling the God is exposing, but that I'm too comfortable. And what I mean by that is I'm learning in this season because most of what I do is not present. You know, I'm, I'm involved, especially here, a lot of what I do is large gatherings and, and, and worship stuff. And if we're not meeting, like I'm, I'm learning other things about myself. I'm trying to pastor our people and, I'm, and my volunteers and, and really reach out, but like you, you feel like I should be doing more. And I think God is reminding me that the busyness of my normal life keeps me too comfortable. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not living in the way that I think he wants me to live of taking risk. I, I'm completely afraid of failure. Like, and, and, and I have anxiety, like I just deal with all of that. And even today I had conversations with my best friends from college, one income, no income. Like, Healthcare friends, you know, and the young adults that are in healthcare that are just overworked. Like my parents and my sister and her husband, like small church pastors. My brother's in dental school and he's on one income. And she, it's like the, the the fears and the anxiety are very present. Of like, yeah. like you said, the the income of this is not just the the, sick, the sickness, but also the what it affects our livelihood. And I'm finding that I was living a life too comfortable. And my main point that I feel like the Lord is is bringing me through is I, I like to work hard, but only at the things that I'm already naturally have a gifting towards. And he's challenging me. He's really like, we're alone. Like, he's like, it's you and me, baby. Like, do you, <laughs> I, you can run from this or you can lean into this season and you yeah. will not get a season like this again. Like yeah. there's just, I, I mean, this is unprecedented. So like for me to not take advantage of this season, I'm just feeling very like 
vulnerable in the presence of my savior. And like, sorry, I'm just getting more. It's just, it's really, it's, it's a scary place, but it's such a sweet, I, I can't, that combination of the sweetness and the scariness, but he is showing and pruning me and revealing things about myself that I'm living too comfortably. And, and how, how do I grow from this season to become somebody when this is done to be a totally different person? Yeah, it's interesting. I think that all, all three of us have kind of voiced a similar pattern and, and that is that we're alone, right? And I think one of the scariest things but maybe one of the most fruitful things is that we're alone, right? The amusements that we go to, the distractions that we run to have kind of been stripped away. I mean, you go down the list from, it started with athletics, right? Take that away. Church attendance, take that away. Going to work every day, take that away. But, uh, Andy, you know, like for me though, like I have serious FOMO. So yeah. like this, <laughs> this season of aloneness, like at least I'm not missing out on things. So now I that know is like, true. So now I find like I'm not missing out on a cool, you know, coronavirus party that's happening, which it shouldn't be. If you're doing that, please stop. Um, But I'm just saying like that FOMO. So it's been a really less anxiety season from that standpoint. Hey, all right. Check. One thing less. Yeah. yeah, One thing less I got to worry about. But no, I think there's, I think that's one of the hardest things about something like this is we're kind of left to ourselves. And when we're kind of left to our own thoughts and our own weaknesses and our own, you know, for me, the, the things that have been exposed that I didn't even know existed, like that's uncomfortable. Um, because then I'm, I have to face my fears, right? I have to face my insecurities and kind of going back to like that, that Matthew seven, uh, text of like, what am I building my life on? Like, what do I say that I build my life on? But this exposes what I really build my life on. And I think the, the other theme that we've kind of heard is that it's almost, it's almost like, uh, when we sit with ourselves and we sit with the Lord, the only response is to repent, right? To turn to turn from what we are used to, to turn from what we look to, to distract, to, to give us validation, kind of our identity talk, like what gives us worth and value, that there's, there's this response to being alone. And it's repentance. It's a turning back to the Lord and saying, okay, God, when I'm left to myself, I'm scared. Uh, left to myself, I'm anxious. Left to myself, I don't know what to do with myself, right? And so we do, we need to lean in to what does God want to do? Because I think this is a unique season that we may never see again, hopefully, right? Yeah. That what, I mean, and we'll get to this in a minute, but like this is a unique season that I think we can, as Christians, look at not with just total despair and, and fear, but we can look and ask some really good questions. But what I want to do, let me transition really quick yeah. into, I just want to kind of give everybody uh, a little bit of what I've been thinking, because I think in these times, especially unprecedented times when we don't really know what tomorrow is gonna be, right? We're getting new news updates every day. What do we do with the unknown? Like a year and a half ago, we did a series on fear. And one of the fears was the fear of the unknown. And so I just thought, you know, let's remind ourselves, what do we know? Because what, what, I, what I've known in my life, in my 43 years on this earth, is when there's unknown, what Satan loves to do is John 10, 10. Uh, he loves to steal, kill, and destroy. He likes to steal my hope, steal my joy, and steal the promises of who God is in his word and replace them with, well, fear, anxiety, unknown. That's what rules you. And so I just want to, kind of the theme tonight, if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, just write down the word remember, all right? Write down the word remember, and I'm gonna give you three things to remember. Because in the end, 
what I, what I hope we get out of this is this idea, that we would remember the known things of God when we are faced with the unknown things of this world. I think that is where our mind needs to go. Talking about taking those thoughts captive, right? Because we can all get down into the spiral of uh, whatever. So here's, here's it. Number one, remember God's goodness, all right? Remember God's goodness. And that's just simply knowing and that we can trust him. When we don't trust somebody, it's, I think it's ultimately because we don't know their motives. We don't, can, are they really good? And I know for me, when I question God's goodness, it's usually with, it's a withholding idea. That you're not that good, you're withholding something from me. So I just want to share, I'm going to, I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you all tonight because I want to give you guys some solid rock foundation to build your life on over the next days and weeks. So 1 Peter 5, 7 points us to the goodness of God. It says this, cast all your anxiety on him for he cares for you. And then Psalm 100 verse five says, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 31, 19, oh, how abundant is your goodness which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you in the sight of the children of mankind. And lastly, Nahum 1.7, we're going Old Testament obscure here. Nahum 1.7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. He knows those who take refuge in him. And ultimately, guys, I think when we, when we look, think about the goodness of God, I mean, the, all these verses are great, but all we have to do is look at the cross. The cross is the evidence and the resume of God's goodness, that he is willing to give, hold nothing back. He gave his son that we might have salvation. And so we know that we need to remember in the unknown times, we can know that God is good. And then number two, we need to remember that God is faithful. I think in, those, in this, kind of what I was talking about is I put my faith in things that are not faithful. <laughs> in the end, it took one virus to make all the things that I depend on unfaithful. And it's showing it's showing us where our faith really was. Absolutely. In. I mean, it's like really I had no idea so much about where yeah. our hope was actually stored. Yeah, I had no idea that I had so much faith in my 100%. schedule, 100%. right? Just my everyday, which I would tell you is mundane. I had faith in my schedule, and I had faith in my freedom. I had faith in the fact that my kids were going to go to school for most of the day, and I was going to go somewhere else. But now we're together, right? Like I had faith in <laughs> in systems of this world that at a drop of a hat were taken away. And so number two is remember God's faithfulness. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to thousands of generations. 2 Timothy 2, 13. If we are faithless, I love this one. If we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny who he is. And so even when my faith wanes, right? Even when my faith shakes a little bit and I stay up a little bit later because I can't find, like, he's faithful. And then Psalm 91, verse four, says, he will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. Rampart just kind of means like a defensive wall. And again, I just think back to like, I try to find refuge in, in the things of this world that I've realized can be taken away very quickly. Right? I've been through a season over the last couple of years of seeing both my parents pass away. I had a lot of 
faith in their, them being around, right? And so that was, that was a whole nother lesson, but this is a new lesson. This is a new season. And so number one, we need to remember God's goodness. We need to remember his faithfulness. And then thirdly, this is maybe my favorite one. We need to remember God's sovereignty, that he is in control, that he has not fallen asleep at the wheel. He did not wake up and be like, oh no, what'd they do? Right, like he, he, that's not it. Romans 8, 28, and we sang songs about this just a minute ago, Jay, like, and we know that God causes, he causes, he doesn't happen to come upon, he causes all things, good, bad, ugly, unforeseen, unknown, whatever, all things to work together for the good of those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. You see, he's accomplishing something in us in this season that we could not have foreseen. I mean, literally a month ago, we were in this room worshiping together and now we're scattered all over Oklahoma City and Oklahoma and whoever's watching, hello. Um, God's doing something. And then in Proverbs, I'll, I just want to end with two more. I know I'm giving you a lot of scripture, but there's no wisdom that I have that doesn't come from this place. And so I can tell you what Andy thinks all day, but we gotta go to God's word. Proverbs 16, nine says, the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Again, I make plans, and it's not bad to be a planner, not at all. But in these days, when I make plans, and I cannot, like, we're told, no, your plans are over. They've changed. And then me personally, maybe this is just me, but one of my favorite sections of scripture when it comes to the sovereignty of God is the book of Job. Because you have Job going through some of the worst circumstances you could dream up, right? He loses his family, he loses all, all his money, he loses everything. He's sick, loses his health, and so he's questioning God. And in, Proverbs, in, in Job 38 through 41, like I think I, I just enjoy reading these three chapters, actually three and a half, because God speaks. He speaks to the fear. He speaks to the frustration. He speaks to the anxiety of Job. And he says things like, let me just, let me just pull this open real quick. I, I just wanna read a little bit of it. Job 38, verse one says, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that, dark, that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress yourself for action like a man. I will question you and you will make it known to me. In verse four, God to Job says, where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? And what, uh, and what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? And then in verse 12 it says, have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? Like I love Job 38, 39, and 40 because we hear the voice of God saying, you know who I am. This is, if you doubt, this is who I am. And so I think as we think about these things, we need to remember, because Satan is great at stealing, stealing our hope and our joy by trying to convince us that our circumstance is what reigns. Our circumstance is what defines who we are and where we're going. And God's word says, no, 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 pause. God is good. Let me tell you how he's good. God is faithful. Let me tell you how he's faithful when nothing else is faithful. And let me tell you who is in control when you feel like things are out of control. It's in these texts that I find peace. 
Like the, I'm, a, I'm not a big math guy, but I like equations because they make sense to me. It's like God's goodness plus his faithfulness plus his sovereignty equals our peace, yeah. right? His goodness, his faithfulness, his sovereignty equals my peace. And I can rest in that no matter what happens. So I, that, that's all I wanted to say. Now, I didn't want to get into a, a big, huge talk, but I think from, from a standpoint of like what we're dealing with, whether it's anxiety, whether it's fear, I think a lot of it can be wrapped up in the unknown. And I think sometimes in our fragility as humans, we let the unknown overshadow the known, right? I was just reading a tweet this, this morning about somebody, she, she wrote, I, I, I make a list, two lists, one of all the things that are unknown, and then I write down all the things that are known, including the things of God's word. And she said, every time it overshadows the things that are unknown, because this is what is true. And so anyway, so I, I want to transition really quick. So, so what? So what do we do with this, right? Like here we are, we're talking to a camera and talking to us in an empty room, but like, what do we do with this? How do we like live this out in a practical way? So this, I, I think it's funny, we came off a study on Colossians, right? And so Colossians 4, 5, um, Paul writes this, this beautiful prayer, say, hey, we're, we're gonna commit to praying for God to open doors that so we might ex- uh, share the mystery of Christ. But then in verse f- 5, he says, but that we may make the best use of our time, right? That's an application piece. Like, hey, he's saying pray, ask God for open doors. But in this season, I just wonder, what does it look like for us as young adults to make the best use of our time? Because for some of us, we get- young adult now? What's that? Are you a young adult I'm now? a young adult, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's right? a state, it's a state right? of mind. Come on, yeah, tell me I'm a young adult. Tell me I'm a young adult. Come on yeah. Okay, but like, I, I think for real, like, I think some of us have some extra time on our hands, right? We have at least unplanned time or unscheduled time. So what's just kind of like, Mary, I just want to start with you. Like, what, what, how do we answer this question from Paul in Colossians 4? Like, what is the best use of our time? How do we do that as followers of Christ? Yeah, um, I think I would just say, me personally, I have been asking this question a lot over the last um, 10 days. I think on day one, I like talked to my friends. I was like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be good. God's gonna use this for good. There's gonna be a revival in America. This is gonna be amazing. Hopefully, we have so hopefully. much time. Like we, I still think that. But um, I just was so jazzed. And then like day two, I was like, I'm alone. <laughs> like got sad and got all weird. And um, I just think that there is, a level of this that um, is so hard. Like, don't hear us say that this, like, this is just hard. Like, as everyone is in a different place with this. This may be affecting you minimally. I have dear friends that are struggling with this and fighting this sickness and really, really sick. Uh, this is hard. And, um, but in that, like, there can be so much good. And I think I've seen that um, just as the Lord has kind of guided me to use my time in some different ways. And one of them is, I think, um, picking up the phone and calling people. Um, I've heard people say like, I hate FaceTime. I'm not a phone call person. I would just challenge you to like become a FaceTime person because this may be a minute. But um, yeah, the Lord just like put a girl, on, a friend on my mind the other day that I hadn't talked to in years. Um, I was able to call her and like have a great conversation and ended up being something we both needed. And so that's just practical, but like, make a list of people you wanna get in contact with that maybe you don't normally have time to talk to. And that's my first thought. And my second one is, the Lord just brought this verse to mind while Andy was talking, but it's Isaiah 26, three and four, and it says, 
You keep him or her in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever for he is an everlasting rock. And just learning how to stay our mind on God when we have so much time to think and to wonder and to go all over the place. And for me, that has just looked like praying. Like I haven't prayed this much in years. Just like having time to actually like pray, like plead with God in prayer, whether it's a scary thing or a scary feeling or a loneliness or a doubt or a lie you're believing, but just to plead with the Lord in a way that is, for me, it's bringing like intimacy that I haven't felt with him in a long time. Um, Just to go to him and to learn what it looks like to stay our mind on him, particularly as the media, our phones and everything, we're just getting all this information, Um, learning how to stay our mind on him and just some practical ways of that Second Corinthians 10, five verse also, just taking it captive, taking it to God, pleading with him in prayer and checking in on your people. That's kind of been my game plan. What about you, Jay? Because I think, I mean, well, I think what, it goes back to what you said earlier was mm-hmm. it's a battle for your mind, mm-hmm. right? Because when we're alone, that's what we have. And so, you know, whether that is calling a friend and saying, hey, let me, let me, let me bear this burden with you, right? You're alone, I'm alone, let's bear a burden for one another. We kind of step into that, we can serve and minister to each other That'd be a great use of our time, absolutely. Jay, how about you, man? Yeah, I think, you know, for for me, I think especially for, you know, the young adults, a lot of us are single. And the temptation in this season is like, wow, I'm really alone, right? Like, I have a roommate, so Jay, what's up? Um, (laughs) But like, I'm just saying, like, this is the season the enemy is, what you're saying, he's coming to kill someone. He's trying to say like, wow, like, you're so alone. And I think my so what is, no, 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 like, lean into that because this is the time to be, letting the Lord work in and through you. And you said this a lot, especially in the dating series of like making you become the person that you need to be for whoever you actually end up marrying. Like, let's not waste this moment. Um, But again, like Mary Ashley said, like I don't wanna make any of the struggles and the fears like um, like contrite and make them seem like they're small. Like they're very real, but I will always overshadow that with, but our God is bigger than that. And he is the one that brings peace amongst the storms of our lives. And I don't want to say that truly. I want to say that like, if you lean in, you will see him moving. And I think my so what has been when it comes to my mind, I'm going to do it. So if it's like, I should pray, I, I have to say, what else am I going to do? No, let me finish this, this joke, you know, the lot, the tiger movie from, oh, oh man, <laughs> tiger show. It's crazy. But you know, like it, it's, it's like, the temptation is there and I can choose a yes and meet him in that moment because what I realized is I let busyness of doing the Lord's work take place of discipline of being in the basic principles of my faith. And one of the hardest things for me is when my mom calls me and if she starts the conversation with, I know you're busy, but the Lord is revealing how heartbreaking that is in this season that they're making excuses for me because I'm using my busyness for the Lord as a reason to not keep, and I feel like I try really hard to love my family, but like it's revealing like I can always be better. So, you know, I was telling you guys earlier, I think my biggest thing is like, I want to come out as like a better son and a better brother and a better friend. And then ultimately as a better shepherd within the body of Christ. And those things are so basic and principle that I have been negating because I've been working. And I'm, it's not that I'm not doing those things, 
But like the disciplines of those, God is revealing so much about my selfishness and my pride and ultimately my fears of rejection. And I don't wanna fail. So I avoid things where I could fail and only step into things that I think I can succeed. Like it's a whirlwind. I'd love to have you know conversation about that even more, but it's, that's what I see doing. So the so what is when those things come, say yes to them. Don't make an excuse for yourself to step out. McMash said, make the phone call, text the friend, read, pray, listen to worship music, go on a walk, like say yes to this moment because we may not get this type of situation again and step in, just lean in because God meets us in that and he does a work in us that is just so much better than what we could do for ourselves. Yeah, I think for, I mean, for me, my so so well, like I I have a very different life than y'all, obviously, uh, when I'm stuck in my house. And so for me, I can't really stop and read. Like, I mean, my wife and I joke all the time that as soon as we open the Bible, it's like an alarm goes off in our children's bedrooms. And they're like, wait, wait, wait. And, you know, they're in. And so one of the things, because like I said, I feel exposed in, in terms of when my normal is shaken up, I've, I've gotten grumpy. And, and so what I've had to do is just turn worship music on in the house and to change the entire mood of our house by listening to the truth of God be sung over us. And that's been a saving grace for me and, and probably for my kids too because it, it calms dad down and reminds him, all right, you know, this is who you are. This is what you're called to be as a father, as a husband. And so I think there's, it, it's an interesting season as we think about what does it look like to uh, use our time wisely? And it's really some unique opportunities. I mean, I love what you said about calling people, right? Like, we, like right before in Colossians 4, Paul is saying, pray that God would open a door that we might share the mystery of Christ. What a better time. I mean, anyone you call is gonna be excited you called, right? I mean, because everyone's feeling this. And they might be like, hey, it's been forever, right? Like, that'd be a great use of your time. Start working your contact list. And just be like, hey, I was thinking of you. What's going on? And see what God does with that conversation. That could be a great use of your time. Getting God's word, praying. I mean, there's a, a lot of things. So, but Mash, you said something just a couple days ago, or maybe it was last Friday or Thursday when we were first talking about this, and you had a good question that, that kind of God gave you. Can you explain what that was and maybe how that kind of fits into what we're talking about? Yeah, so I feel like um, probably day two or three of this whole thing, um, the Lord just kept bringing to mind like this, this question or this thought in me of like, um, like what, what might he want to do in me through this? thing um and what might like how could I look different how can my life look different on the back half of this um and this being COVID-19 pandemic crazy town thing that we're in this fear driven just strange strange time that's what we're calling it it's a strange time and we don't know when the end is and I just feel like God is like my people I have your attention um what like what could we do and I think at first my brain went like, revive America, like, which I want to happen, but I also feel like God's like, what about the revival, like starting in your heart, uh, personally? And personal revival. Personal revival of what, what are we gonna do in you? Not like, what can you do for me? Because you can't do a lot right now, but what can I do in you um, so that you do look different at the end of this? And so... I think I, just as we talk and as we wrap this up, my challenge for y'all and for us, I'm still asking myself every day, but like, 
what is that for you? And maybe you've had that thought before. Um, I think the Lord is just stirring in all of us in unique ways right now. But if you haven't, um, we're about to go into something called 120 seconds. It's exactly what it sounds like it is. Um, But it's something we do at the gathering every week if it's your first time with us. And we just take 120 seconds to sit and reflect um, on what we've just talked about, what God might be doing in our hearts and our lives. And so maybe for you, um, you still are working your regular job and you're busier than ever. And maybe you're bored at home and you have all the time in the world and maybe you're somewhere in between. Um, But I know for me, it's been a temptation to try to fill the silence with stuff to make me feel better about myself or more entertained or whatever. And so I just challenge you to take this two minutes and then hopefully some time after that um, to think about that question, like, God, like, what could you do in my heart, soul, life in these next weeks, months, whatever it is? Um, What do you want to do in me? What do you want to revive in me? Um, What do you want to change? What do you want to make more like you? Um, So as we go into this time, I would just challenge y'all to think about that. There's going to be some scripture on the screen. Um, But wherever you are, just close your eyes. Think about it. Talk to God. Do whatever you need to do and process that question um, honestly. Not the churchy, perfect answer. The real honest, inner person answer of um, what, what could he do in this time. So I'll pray for us to close this up and then we'll do a little more worship. Um, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Um for being so good. Uh, We thank you that you are good even when everything around us looks bizarre and bad. Lord, we thank you that you are good in the sickness and in the trials and the loneliness and the isolation and the busy and in the quiet. You are good and you are there. We thank you that you are with us and for us always and you see us. Lord, so I just ask that you would not allow us to move past these moments too fast, um, that we would slow down our brains and our hearts and our minds, and we would see you more clearly, maybe for the first time ever, that we would come to you and we would just lay down our burdens and we would just unclench our fists and surrender to you, our sovereign King Jesus. Lord, we thank you for this technology that allows us to do this. We thank you that even if it all went away and even if it all does go away, you would be enough. And we just pray that you would help our hearts believe that, Lord. I just thank you for this time and every person on the other side of the screen. We love you so much. In your name we pray. Amen.